Cult Podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now please, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! And it's my week. It's Paige's week. Bow, bow, bow. So because we're gonna be in Kansas City, Missouri for Panic Fest. Panic Fest! Yeah! You definitely come if you're able to, but if you're not able to, we figured we would give you a little bit of Kansas City flavor this week. So we shipped all of you a bottle of barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Check under your respective seats. We're actually going to be covering, oh my God, a new car. No, uh, <laughs> we're going to be covering a Kansas City specific cult. And this is going to be a little bit interesting. Um, we will probably return to this subject matter at some point because kind of, we've got a kind of a cult within a cult today. Yeah. And so we're studying kind of the inner cult. We should probably come back and look at that outer one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll touch on it a couple times today, but... For the most part, we're covering the inner cult. And we're going to do something a little bit different today, too. Typically, when we cover a cult, we cover like the lifetime and and life story of the cult leader. In this case, we're going to be covering a follower. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, our sources today are, well, and I should say, today we're covering the community. That seems very vague. It'll become a little bit more... You, you'll kind of get the gist of it a little bit more as we go into it. Cool. I thought we were covering the Kansas City Royals. No. That's a baseball joke. It is a, a baseball team. Is it really? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> wow, you're a fast hacker. <laughs> I'm in the mainframe. <laughs> if I want to, I could kill him right now. <laughs> so our sources for today are the Kansas City Star, the New York Times, ABC News, CBS News, CBS News has actually done two 48-hour specials on this case. One is called Watching a Friend Succumb to Abuse, um, which this cult, more than any I think that we've ever seen, really parallels how cults are like an abusive relationship. Because in this case, the cult was her abusive relationship. She's married to the leader. Like, it's, Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, they also covered it on... Uh, one called Fall from Grace, The Mysterious Death of Bethany Deaton. Also Rolling Stone, Love and Death in the House of Prayer, and Unresolved.com, which is a site that tracks unsolved murders. Also, IHOPKC.org, which is the International House of Prayer official statement on the death of Bethany Deaton. This pancake house sucks. <laughs> Terrible. That's why I always go to Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle House of Prayer, yep. <laughs> Waffling between religions. So today we're going to be covering Bethany Leedlin. So the Leedlins uh, were a family with five children. They were devoutly Christian, and they raised their kids in suburban Dallas. Um, they were homeschooled, uh, but Bethany was a very gifted writer, and so she won a scholarship to Southwestern University near Austin, Texas. Um 
her parents were a little bit worried at first about her going to a big college after being homeschooled. And so they said that they tried to warn her about the people that she might meet there, but they had no idea that they would have to warn her about people of their own faith, which is what she encountered. So college is where Bethany met Tyler Deaton. So they kind of fell into a group of like-minded young Christian adults, and they formed kind of a Bible study. Um, Deaton was very charismatic, and so he quickly pulled Bethany in as well as other students. He led intense prayer sessions where they believed that they could heal the sick and ward off evil spirits the way Jesus did. Or the way Jilly okay. Juice does. Or the way Jilly Juice does. <laughs> yeah. Regrowing limbs, whole nine. Um, so when Bethany told her parents about this, at first they were in favor of it. They were like, great. We're great that you, you know, have continued in your religion and that you have found people like you. Um, they didn't think it was a problem. Um, and so they started adding to their prayer group. So they uh, added a friend named Micah Moore, who was an undergrad from Houston, and another... A uh, student named Bose Harrington, B-O-Z-E. Oh, okay. Bose. Okay. Um, Bethany brought him into the group, and they were all kind of captivated by Tyler. Ooh. Ooh Tyler. Tyler Durden? Tyler Deaton. Oh, pretty sorry. Close. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I heard uh, Bose brought his cousin uh, Bose headphones? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's how they would listen to the prayers. Um, <laughs> so... In an interview, Bose said, I met Tyler his first week of freshman year in 2005. He seemed really humble, really kind, really selfless, and a giving person, someone that you could trust. Because everyone trusted him so quickly, Tyler became kind of the de facto leader of their group. He told them all that he felt the revival was going to come to Southwestern because they were praying. And the more that they prayed, miracles would happen and people would flock to their group. He called himself an apostle. So anytime you're like, by the way, I'm a prophet, worry about that. Like, yeah, yeah. don't trust you're, that. You're not. Right. It's not a thing. Stop it. Uh, Harrington said that at the time it actually seemed reasonable and he was able to explain it in a way that made sense. So I do kind of want to highlight this idea of you've got a bunch of students out of their house for the first time encountering people of all different kinds of faiths and, and everything like that. And they've kind of clung to something that seems familiar. And I mm-hmm. think that's what's keeping them there is this idea of familiarity, which can be a very strong pull for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyler made sense to Bethany. She believed that she had found the man she had always dreamed of. And she told her friend that she had met a really amazing, brilliant man who loved God and loved others and wanted to be involved in missions and prayer and all the things she was passionate about, which... I understand if you've got common interests with people that draws you to people. This is so far, it's creepy that he thinks he's an apostle and preaching to people, but I understand why people have joined at this point. Um, however, what she didn't know is that at the same time, Tyler was going through a very personal struggle. He was gay. Yeah. And was trying to repress it and huh. change it. That's never good, no. by the way. If you're gay, just, it's okay. Be gay. You might have to get new friends. Your family might not accept you, but be who you are. Right. You know, that's okay. Um, and and I'm going gonna... to say this again. Did he try Jilly Juice? <laughs> Does uh, Jilly Juice stop y- gayness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It stops yeah. homosexuality, yeah. but you can also regrow limbs. So, yeah. you know. Oh, that makes sense. You can... And also, convenient, 
tons of diarrhea. So if you're running low on diarrhea, Jilly Juice will fix that problem right away. You think that would help with gay sex, but that's fine. Oh, oh no, it would probably just I'm make joking. it painful because raw. Um, so when asked about this in an interview, Tyler said, in very conservative Christian circles that we were raised in, there was the belief that homosexuality is a choice and that it could be changed and healed through par- through prayer and Bethany wanted to heal him. Oh, so damn. she knew. She didn't know. I oh. he he doesn't think that she knows. I think to her he probably seemed asexual or she knew that he had kind of these feelings and that he was trying to get rid of them. There's some debate as to what exactly she knew. Well, okay. if you're looking for a godly man, and he's not trying to have sex with you right away. And he's saying, well, like, let's just wait. Like I mean, that, some people choose to take things slow and wait. But also, do. we'll get to where it becomes a pretty big red flag. Though. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's the thing is, is like... He's not engaging in the relationship at all. Exactly. And yeah. that's where someone's like, oh, they're being very respectful and godly. And it seems really good instead of like, oh, they're not attracted to me. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you just have a friend. Right. Yeah. And that's, at this point, I, I would say that, yes, yeah, she's a friend. She wants more. He does not. Hmm. Um, he went on to say, uh, to him, being gay meant that I was messed up or even like a villainous person. You couldn't love God, so I didn't identify as gay, which is incredibly sad and hurtful. Yeah. But it doesn't, ex- it doesn't excuse what happens later. Yeah. Because um, it, it gets a little weird. Um. So in 2007, uh, Deaton decided that he wanted to focus on missions work, some missionary work, and he decided he wanted to go to Kansas City to attend a national convention put on a church called the International House of Prayer, known by the acronym IHOP. Now, we should probably give them their own episode at a certain point, but as far as today, um, like, I'll give you some minor notes, some information about IHOP. Uh, number one, the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity is seven ninety nine. Number two, shout outs to Josue and Anselmo from the IHOP across from John Wayne Airport in Irvine. What, what? We spent like all of college there. Uh, and number three, the actual IHOP we're talking about has a 24-hour live feed prayer room that's been going since 1999. Oh, my God. So it's on 24 hours a day. That'll be very important later. Uh, and they have worship teams and cameras, so they're broadcasting it on the internet. Um, so they have people, like, leading songs and prayers every few hours, and it's just constant 24 hours a day. It's one of the things that that church and that there's a university attached to it are famous for. Do they Have they run into problems with IHOP before? No, shockingly. I'm they tend, really surprised about that. They, yeah. Well, they tend to go by IHOP KC. Okay. Because it's Kansas City. Because there are other international houses of prayer all over the world, but this is like the epicenter. So like even their website is like IHOPKC. Okay. So it's like IHOPKC. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess that's better. I don't know. It just seems like, eh. I mean, if there's not unlimited pancakes, count me out. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I don't even like pancakes. Um. So after graduation... Deaton and their entire group, which at this point was more than 20 members, mm-hmm. packed up and moved from Texas to Kansas City, Missouri to study and pray at IHOP. Okay. 
They rented out two houses right next to each other and they were separated by gender. So all the girls lived in one house, the guys lived in another house. Convenient. Oh, yeah. it's going to be very convenient. So he started his own like group within the IHOP is what it right, sounds like. Right, essentially. So he well, it he... started somewhere else and then it went to IHOP and then oh. continued to be its own thing. Because before, his entire thing was about being a good Christian that didn't have sex and his group is called uh, Deaton Enter Nuptials. Not yet, or for short, Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they they called themselves at this point the community. They lived together, ate together. Uh, they would get odd jobs and pool their money. Bethany eventually went back to school, not at IHOP, and became a nurse. What so is she's okay. not an odd job. That's a very that's normal a regular. Job. Jo- it's a very normal job. But so you're like a nurse for alligators i guess that's just a vet really that's yeah, yeah. also not an but i job. mean essentially in this group she's one of the few that has a legitimate job okay All right. everyone else is kind of working through the university or trying to get work at the university or praying or leading stuff and it's Still there's, not there's a lot of like not a ton of real jobs going around with the exception of bethany Hey, I'm Bethany Laveau, gator nurse here, and (laughs) my husband will bring you justice. (laughs) Mm, He'll bring you something, but it's not, yeah. Um, So a friend close to Bethany said during this time that she was miserable Mm -hmm. and that she would only ever call her from work and never from the house. Yeah. Um, Her friend at this time started to suspect that there was some abuse going on. Um, and we can kind of confirm that with some accounts from other members. So she's not married yet, though. She's not married. She's and they're not living together. They're part of this group. House. They're part of this group. They only seem to associate with each other. Weird. They're kind of all together. It's very, it's a little, it's strange. Okay. So according. Just, it's kind of like the first group of friends you make in college. It's yes. just like, oh, I love them. They're my favorite. And then. You find out, like, oh, I actually don't really like them or get along with them. Yeah, we grow apart or whatever. But this is a group that now has gone through college together and has moved, because this is after college, and all 20 of them Mm -hmm. together have moved to this other place just because Tyler wanted to go there. Yeah, this is like the TV show Friends, but much more entertaining. And sadder. It's yeah. it's going to be a little sadder, but yeah. yeah. I realize that. What it does sound like, though, jokes aside, is it sounds a lot like the Final Fantasy VII house. It's, this is very similar to yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds like one it's person. It's more people, yeah. but very similar. It's one person controlling everybody, yeah. and everyone's invested in that one person. Yeah. I guess that just sounds like any cult. But to me specifically, the like living in the house and everyone goes mm-hmm. and works just to provide for us, and then right. blah, blah, blah. That's what it sounds like mm-hmm. to me. Um, so according to Bose Harrington, he says that God told Tyler that our group was specially chosen to show the rest of the world what it looked like to live in community and to be really Christian, to be radical. You're not doing anything. Dorms do what you're doing. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It, there's nothing different about it. Um, Tyler established the rules mm-hmm. of the commune, essentially, at this point. the community. Men with men. Women with women. For chastity. <laughs> uh, Don't talk about the community. Well, he... That's rule number one through two. (laughs) (laughs) He told members what to wear, Mm -hmm. when to eat, and he even controlled romantic relationships for who could be romantically linked to who. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. He didn't really like romantic relationships happening. Yeah, because he can't be a part of it. Because he wants to fuck dudes, and he can't. He kind of... I think my theory at this point is he wants to make sure that the dudes aren't 
attached to anybody else. Yeah, because he wants it's his cabal of dudes. Yeah, it's there are people mm-hmm. that he's attracted to. Again, this is like narcissist behavior of yes. like, well, I can't if other people are happy, I can't feel joy. Yeah, and we'll get to like first roll, nobody fucks. Nobody right? ever. That's, that's what we're doing. Second roll, dinner's at four twenty. Just because I think it's funny. <laughs> that's when everyone eats. I can almost guarantee you there was no pot in this cult. Oh, it does. Yeah, lots of prayer. That's probably about it. Um, we'll Who goes get... to an IHOP not stone? <laughs> we'll get it's sacrilegious. To... It is sacrilegious. We'll get to a little bit later what he's doing now and his feelings. Sacrilegious. I'm sorry. Oh, because it's a fat I get sack it. of weed. I got it. Oh, yeah. That sack. But also you're Human nuts. is nut sack. Nuts. Nut sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah. He, he controlled everything about the house and he would dole out punishments if people didn't abide by the rules. Spankings? Well, it varied depending on the person. So there was a girl who was being antisocial, so they took her bedroom door away. You're, the, That's what right. your dad does when you masturbate A hundred percent. Wait, hold on, hold on, pause. Wait. That's very true. What? Yeah. <laughs> Not to me, I never masturbated. But okay. Ever. Not even now. Yeah. I don't. Not really. Why? Uh sometimes but anyway yeah that's like some weird punishment of like well you're you're not studying or like it's like a parent yeah whatever it seems Uh, it's weird that the only two things you can think of to punish a kid for is jerking it too much and not studying (laughs) um honestly if you took my door away from masturbating too much just i'm balls to the wall i'm gonna jerk off (laughs) without the door just standing in the open door there's a comedian that has a whole bit about his dad taking his door away because he was doing something dumb you know being a kid ryan hansinger has a bit about his school taking the bathroom doors away oh god why i don't know he's like somebody did something in the bathroom and then he doesn't act out of the principal just being like everybody shits with the doors off and it makes me laugh every time yeah if you've ever been to a men i don't know if it's women's rooms too but in men's rooms in uh beach bathrooms they don't have doors so that uh, we homeless, still got doors, yeah. Yeah, so homeless people can't sleep in there, and people can't fuck in them. Aww. Yeah, but it just means Who that when you're sh- fun. It just means when you're shitting, you're gonna look at some dad and his son, and they're, you're just they're just gonna look at you for a second. You're just gonna go occupied. Yeah, <laughs> women really want to have sex where it smells the most like shit, and so. where we're covered in sand. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and say they weren't afraid of women going in there to have sex. Oh. It's really just to stop the homeless dudes from fucking each other. Aww. They do that a lot. That's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's it's. Actually, I mean, if it's for love, I guess it's fine. It's yeah. never for love. Okay. It's usually for warmth. That's okay. sad. Sorry, or I'll crack rocks. Okay, hey. cool. Um, so, uh, Bose also says that one time when he questioned Deaton's authority, he was shunned. No one spoke to him at all. Occasionally, members would slip notes under his door, maybe once or twice a month. This went on for eight months. Oh, my God. Move out. <laughs> At least you have a door. Yeah. Um, but he he stayed because he thought that they had some kind of purpose together and that they were his friends. Oh, no. Yeah. It's rough. So about in 2010, about two years after the community moved to Kansas City, uh, Tyler decided that he had officially prayed his gay away. Mm-hmm. And that he started to have feelings for Bethany. So, according to him, he says that, yes, he did love Bethany. So, I don't know if this is 
a case of maybe him being bisexual. I don't think he's bisexual. Well, you can love someone exactly. and not be sexually attracted to them. I think that's what it is. So I think he cares about her about her very deeply. Um, I don't think he is romantically or sexually attracted to her. Um, but regardless, they were engaged and they were married August 2012. So, hmm. yeah. Very recently. Not that long ago, this honestly. Not very long ago, yeah. Very recently. Um, but on the day of the wedding, her friends and her family that were not part of the group felt very left out. They weren't they really weren't allowed invited? to participate. They were invited, but they weren't really allowed to participate. Um, they basically... How do you, what? They basically were able to attend, and that was it. That's really the only... You don't really participate in a wedding. No, you totally do. do you? Yeah, you yeah. can be the you, the dad walks the daughter down oh, the aisle, and the yeah. mom well, and your mom helps you plan it and stuff. Like they didn't even help plan it; that they makes just sense. got asked to come. You know, and I'm sure for maybe a groom, it's a little bit different. You know, where <laughs> where as a groom maybe you're not your family's not as involved i think it depends on kind of your family dynamic yeah but for a bride it's a huge undertaking and it's also very like i don't know we might take this out but like for my brother's wedding uh, neither of my brother nor his wife parents were really involved in the process they didn't let anyone in they didn't tell them that like hey people are going to come to your house for our quote-unquote reception right like it was just a lot of that and everyone kind of felt very like what are you guys doing right you know it, it kind of hurt a lot of people's feelings and like in some respects yes a wedding is about the two people getting married it's not necessarily about the families but if you're close to your family yes a wedding is also about two families coming yeah together. very much so so i i would feel very strange if my family was not involved in my wedding yeah my yeah. family is super important to me um and her friends um even though they were invited felt very strange about it um they said that she didn't seem like the same person, um, that she felt kind of faded and dead-eyed and kind of not all there. Um, her best friend said that she had a premonition that this would be the last time that she would see her friend alive, and it turned out to be true. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah. So her best friend had a premonition about... At the wedding, she was like, this is the last time I'm going to see her alive. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, intense. She said that it felt like even at the wedding that they had completely lost her. And then now that she was married to Tyler, she was gone for good. Yeah. That's how we felt about my brother. It was also true. Yeah. It was rough. Um, so Bethany and her new husband, Tyler, uh, headed off on a two-week honeymoon to Costa Rica. Um, despite her parents' mixed emotions about the marriage, they hoped that it would go well. I mean, obviously, they hoped it would go well as opposed to like badly like yeah you you want marriages to work out generally yeah you're like i maybe we don't fully like this guy but we hope she's happy and we hope it goes well you know so they were a little still weirded out but hoped it went well um they said that she was smart and so they trusted her decisions basically so when they landed in costa rica she found out that they would not be consummating that marriage Huh. Whoa, what? Mm-hmm. They never had sex. So she didn't know that. He didn't tell her before they got married, like, look, nope. I can't have sex with you. Yeah, there there was no, like, hey, this is a sham, by the way, or, like, 
hey, I'm not ready for that. Just no. They got to Costa Rica. She was like, let's do it. And he was like, no. Not going to so happen. What, what was his reasoning? Do you know? Do we know? Um, He says that he definitely believed that he was cured of his homosexual feelings by prayer, but the reality was very different. Okay. I just didn't know if he had any, like, any, if he was trying to explain it away or anything. He didn't try to explain it. Um, He definitely, at this point, knew that he was still gay. Okay. Um, I'll get into why we know that in a second. Um, But he didn't tell her. And so they got married. They went out to Costa Rica. And all of a sudden, boom, this husband who you think loves you refuses to be with you in this way. Wow. And yeah, it was not good. Um, Bose Harrington in the same interview says that he saw signs that something weird was going on between Tyler and other male group members even before the wedding. Uh, He told us that he'd been practicing for his honeymoon with another guy but not in a sexual, just a physical way. What? Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of, as they interview people, they're just like, it wasn't sex. And then they just, they describe it and you're like, that is That's definitely sex. sex. That's sex. That's 100% sex. Um, when he explained it in some of the house meetings, they said that it seemed very normal. This is not normal. Not no. Um, he continued to be physically intimate with several of the male group members specifically Michael Moore, even after the wedding. Michael Moore? No, Micah Moore. Oh. Micah Moore was one of their first friends to join their group. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, when asked if Micah was his lover, Deaton was like, no, no, of course not. We're just super, we're just like bros who are brought together by the Fellowship 100%. of the Lord. Like with our dicks, but like it's the Lord. <laughs> um, they basically were like, so he, you didn't have a sexual relation? Uh, well... I mean, and you had a relationship while you, with him while you were married to Bethany? Well, no. Like, well, and was and Bethany had no idea. She didn't know. And it's especially because really they were living in the separate houses. She didn't know. Um, yeah. Bow, 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 bow! Because some, really some of it was entered into police testimony. So... <laughs> Um, but suffice to say, he was he was having sexual relationships with many of the men in the house while being married to Bethany. And Bethany didn't necessarily know about it. Because she was in a different house. Because she was in a different house. Um, but what she did know was that her husband wasn't being intimate with her. And she started to blame herself. Yeah, it's really difficult when you feel like your partner isn't showing you affection in a physical way. Right. And it can feel like it's your fault. Even if it's not. Yeah. Even if your partner's telling you like, hey, it's not your fault. It's not you. you I just never want to have sex ever. And you're like, oh my God, it's me. Yeah. You don't know he has a gay lover. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. Please don't be creepy. I have to stay with you guys in a hotel. In a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. <laughs> so um, Bethany started speaking less and less with her family and friends outside the community, which was actually pretty common for people in the community. 
Um, Tyler told them to not talk to family members who were holding us back from their full pursuit, pr- full pursuit of faith. Damn. So, like, they basically were cutting people off. It's a policy of disconnection. Yeah. Hey, that's sure. one of our tenants. Hey. She did at one point reach out to her friend and basically said, if something doesn't change, I don't know what's going to happen. This That's is a friend sad. not in the cult, right? The one right. that she talks to at, at mm-hmm. work? At work. Okay. At least she has a friend. You know, at least she has work and they're she has not, someone to talk well, to. Well, and it's not a friend at work. She's calling from work. So it's a friend yeah. back home. So yeah. even at work, she doesn't necessarily seem to have friends outside this group. So about six weeks into the marriage, according to Tyler, Bethany appeared to be suicidal. Appeared to be. This is how long after him. the marriage? Six weeks. That's Th- rough. <sighs> I know this is rough for you to have to answer, I guess, but or hard, I guess, not rough, but is, hey, she appeared suicidal. Did that come after the fact or did it come like he it re- came after the fact? OK, so, so it seems like it might be trying a cover to... up. Well, maybe I- I'll give you my theories and my speculations on a little bit later. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, he does say at a couple points in some of these interviews, like. If I had been a better husband and been more attentive, maybe I could have done something. Maybe I could have stepped in. And I'm like, you could have not married her in the first place. Yeah. Because you caused this, basically. Well, let's not put fingers at anybody unless it's Michael Moore. Creepy. Please stop. I was doing a... Okay. (laughs) But, yeah. No, I mean, he's causing her unhappiness, essentially, at this point. Because she's now in a marriage that doesn't work because, of course, it doesn't work because he doesn't care about her like that. And she doesn't understand why. And he's not being honest with her about why. Well, she thinks she's going to have this very traditional Christian relationship Mm -hmm. where she has a family and gets, you know, all these things. And she's like, well, if we're not having sex, how are we ever going to have kids? Like, what is this? Well, and, and hey, believe me, I understand why people have had beards in the past. And, yeah, and chosen sure. to enter into these relationships for safety and protection. But this is modern. And while it they were in a community where it would not have necessarily been accepted, someone else's life got ruined. And yeah. and ruined. I mean, there's there's a person that's no longer here with us. Yeah. Because of his control over her. Well, there are plenty of gay transgender bisexual people whose families disown them and that's a really hard choice of course but the pain is also just living your entire life feeling like you're not worth anything well and i and i don't know what his end game was yeah you know he wasn't attracted to her how long was this gonna last basically You know, was she just forever not going to have sex? Well, and I think that's where some of the narcissism comes into play of like, well, this is for me. Yeah. And not really caring what the other person gets out of it, not caring if this is an equal partnership. Right. There's also just kind of like a a total aspect of narcissism where it's like, if I I just don't think about this, then it's not an issue. Right. If I, I don't, I don't think he had an end game necessarily. He could have just been like, if I ignore this for long enough, it'll just work out. It has to work out because I'm me and everything works out for me. Right. Exactly. Um, as she got more and more depressed and upset, reportedly she started saying things like, my soul is ruined. Mm. I'm just going to go to hell now. Oh. So she was like 
despondent. Was there something else that she saw or took part in that was causing her distress? So that's part of the mystery as we get into it. I don't think so. I think she had I think she had cared about him for a long time and I think him expressing feelings for her was her like finally like this person that I have loved and literally moved you know for and have been with for years as a follower finally returns my affection and I think finding out that that was not true I think was too much And and to me, that's a very real, like, I get it. Where at a certain point, I'm sure she was thinking my, the last eight years or whatever of my life are a lie. Yeah. Or just wrong. Well, also, uh, by his own admission, he's like a prophet. Yeah. And she seems to have a really close relationship with God. Right. So that's saying that in her own it's... mind, she's not good enough for mm-hmm. the prophet. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot of, you know, her religion is mixed in there. Right. She isn't really in touch with her family or a sounding board outside the group that can be like, hey, maybe this group is the problem, not you. Yeah. You know, so she's turning it all inward. And I think that's a lot a lot to put on a person. She's yeah. not getting any outside perspective. No. You know? Um, and Tyler noticed and didn't really know what to do, but he didn't like that she was kind of walking around bumming everyone out. So he, at one point, they do briefly admit her to a psychiatric ward. Whoa. But they don't tell her family. Whoa. Oh, no. They don't tell her that they don't tell their family that she's depressed. Nothing. Um, when they admitted her, it was because she had expressed thoughts of suicide and threatened to drink windshield washer fluid, which I think is just soapy water. So I don't know that that would have killed you. Uh, I don't know what's in it. She I might have meant you're... to drink antifreeze. Yeah, I that think that's probably what she meant. Actually dangerous. Yeah. Um, but again, they didn't share any of that with the family. Um, he said that she didn't want them to know. Um, but Tyler says that he regrets. He says that he should have contacted them, which it's like, yeah, you know, hindsight's 2020, dude. Um, he didn't believe that she was really suicidal. He thought it was for attention. That's never the, there's always... Whether or not it's quote unquote for attention, there's always an underlying. Yeah, there's thing. something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's like, oh, they 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 probably won't do it, but they're just get, they need attention. That there's still something up, right? That you should look into. Yeah, it doesn't mean their feelings aren't legitimate and they're not upset about something. Something. something yeah. yeah. Um. So on October 29th, 2012, Tyler held an intense prayer session in which he told members that they had to make a choice between staying in the community or their own personal selfishness, Hmm. implying that her desire for suicide was selfish. Jesus. Um, She appeared to be pretty shaken by the sermon. Um, Everyone kind of noticed. And he was fed up with her behavior, with her moping around, essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say anyone who calls himself a prophet... There's something wrong with you. Oh, for sure. For sure. He's a narcissistic ass bag. Yeah. I'd yeah. also say anything that describes any prayer circle that's described as intense, probably not a good one. No. Yeah. Unless uh, it's a camping trip. Yeah. So the next day, Bethany went back to her job as a nurse. She had already worked two days previously that week. 
she went the next day to work and 12 hours later detective penny cole of the jackson county sheriff's office got called out to longview lake because they had found a female body in a van oh no so she was found sitting in the back of the van kind of leaned up against the window um, her head was covered by a loose plastic bag and there was an empty bottle of over-the-counter sleeping medication. Um, mm. There was also a goodbye note in the car. It read, I chose this evil thing. I did it because I wouldn't be a real person and what is the point of living if it is too late for that? So many people cite her suicide note as a reason to believe it was murder because they, they say it doesn't sound like her. Mm. which is possible i didn't know her personally but to me it makes sense because you know if if her desire for suicide is being called selfish and evil she you know and she's saying she chose it and if she's saying she wouldn't be a real person maybe that's because she's realizing that everything in her life is fake yeah there's also something to be said of like the people i assume the people who are saying that it doesn't sound like her are like her family and old friends yes because the the thing is is like she could have been radically changed in the time that she's yeah. been she was secluded in this like, cult. And she was, yeah. yeah um there are other pieces of the crime scene that suggest that maybe it was murder Ooh. um but I think there are also some that suggest suicide. That's I I say that that's why it's still unsolved. Okay. Um. So what suggests murder? Just, just we'll go through it in just oh, a okay, sec. Cool. Um. When they spoke with Tyler, he didn't seem to have the reaction they expected. Um. He was kind of cold about it. Um. He said that he tried to contact Bethany's parents, but he couldn't reach them. In the end, some of their friends found out on the news and had to let them know. Again, yeah. though, he is a narcissist. Yeah. So if he's like, well, she's just being selfish and she, you know, whatever, he's essentially using someone as a beard to be convenient for him. He probably never really cared about her anyway. Right. Or or he cared about her in so much as she could help him. Right. But he's yeah. not he's not going to show concern in the way that people would because he's not really capable of. It. Right. Yeah. Um. So when they ruled Bethany's death a suicide, her mom wasn't convinced. And her mother asked them to re-examine the case. Um, but they ruled it a suicide. They transported her body back to Dallas for a funeral. Um, as people packed into the church for the funeral, her, fa- her parents received a phone call from the investigators uh, saying that they couldn't bury her body. They had to send the body back because someone had just confessed to her murder. <gasps> oh, my God. What? Mm-hmm. So Micah Moore, one of Tyler's <gasps> sexual partners, and Bethany's close friend had walked into the police station and said that Bethany's death wasn't a suicide. He had killed her. Wow. So here what? are some of the things that are cited as evidence for murder. So when he came in and confessed... They claim that he corroborated things about the crime scene that they had not, that hadn't really fit with the suicide narrative. Yeah. Stuff that they had found that they thought was a little off. So when he was like, it's not suicide, I murdered her. They're like, that makes way more sense. Word. So the biggest thing about it is the bag over her head. It appears from the bag that she was strangled with it, that someone else held it around her head. 
Um, it is fairly difficult to suffocate yourself with a grocery bag. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are, this sounds terrible, ways online to find out how to do it. Don't Google them. Don't do it. Get help. Um, but it's pretty tough to do. It's just because you naturally fight you back. You naturally fight back. And grocery bags are not strong enough necessarily to stop you from clawing them off your face. Honestly, half the time they're not even strong enough for all the groceries I have. Right. Now, if somebody else holds it over your head and you're surprised, that can get you a lot faster. The other thing that they thought was a little weird, she had incomplete wedding thank you notes with her that she was working on. They were half completed. So like some of them were completed almost like she was going to like finish them and mail them that day. Like she had brought an errand with her. Mm -hmm. And if you were going to kill yourself that day, if you had planned it as the suicide ruling had alleged she had planned it, why would you bring an errand? Why would you write thank you notes? And if you were going to bring an errand to complete and send off as like your final thing, why wouldn't you finish it? Yeah. You know, like... It was a little strange. Uh, The third thing that they've cited as weird is the fact that she used allegedly Tylenol PM. Now, she, when they found her suffocated, she had not been asleep. So she had suffocated awake. How did they know? Her eyes were still open. Oh. And it looked as if there had been kind of a struggle because she had some kind of marks on her neck and stuff. Interesting. Um. If you sedate yourself with a bag over your head, that you could suffocate that way, but you would have to be pretty much fully sedated and have to tie the bag onto your head while you're like mid-sedation so you don't fight and your body kind of like shuts down. That didn't happen. Yeah, Tylenol PM is not the the sedation method. And it's not fast and she hadn't taken enough of it. But what was even stranger is that she worked at a hospital. She didn't need Tylenol PM. She could have just gotten morphine. She could have gotten morphine. She could have gotten yeah. any number of things easily that would have worked so much better. Because if you're killing yourself, you're not worried about losing your job for stealing a drug. Like, yeah, you know, so that was basically a lot of the things that people have pointed out where they're like, I don't know. Now, I'll get into some of the evidence for suicide later on. Um, in just a couple minutes. But that's kind of the things that people are like, maybe she was killed. Well, I mean, all that plus the confession. <laughs> well, we'll get to the confession yeah. in a second. So because the uh, detectives working on the case had those same questions, they when they got the confession, they were like, this is a murder. They believed it immediately because it, it kind of filled in the blanks. Um, but... In talking to Micah during the, you know, confession, he was pretty reluctant to speak. They said it was like he was trying to think of what to say to get approval from someone. I think Micah, speculations on, I think Micah is trying to cover for Tyler. Speculation zone, there's actually a better explanation that's not that. That's (gasps) crazier. Speculation zone, you just got fucking owned. <laughs> I, I will be honest with you, owned. even though Tyler is a full blown ass bag, I do not think he was involved in her death. Really? Okay. He, after reading a bunch on this, I don't think he was. I think he's, you know, a, a narcissistic sociopath or something, but I don't think he's involved. Okay. You know, which okay. I know, like, he's everyone's suspect numero uno, but. I just don't 
No, I don't. There's not a lot of evidence linking him to it, with the exception of the abuse preceding. But like, that's it. Like, you know, there's no other real DNA or fingerprints in the crime scene or anything like that. You really got to ask yourself, where are all these Rudy Tootie fresh and clues be? Oh, where they at though? Where they at? Where the clues at? So, but. Uh, his confession was basically that he had killed Bethany, that he had put a bag over her head and held it there until her body shook and she died. Oh. Which to them fits in with the way that she was murdered. She was found. Well, then yeah. what did, did he give her Tylenol PM postmortem? No. She and just they, took some they, while driving? Well, they don't even know that there was enough of it in her system where it could have been from like the night before. Oh, gotcha. Maybe he put it there to make it look like a suicide. Hmm. Who knows? The bag had been inhaled into her mouth, which suggests somebody being like, <gasps> and like, you know, yeah. So they thought it was unusual for someone who supposedly was trying to overdose. Um, so... There's another element to this confession. So the full confession, and I'll give you his full confession as to like what happened and why it happened. And you tell me what parts don't make sense to you. He says that the reason he killed her was because Tyler told him to. Hmm. He said that... They had been drugging her with Seroquel, an antipsychotic drug, and sexually assaulting her and filming it. Why? Well, that but that's what she's saying is why what, would why would they sexually assault her when he wasn't even attracted to her? Yeah. yeah. Well, then that's kind of what we'll get to. Uh, and he's saying that the reason that they killed her is because they were worried that she would report the abuse. Now, if you're she thinking, she was reporting the lack of sex at all. If you're thinking that it sounds absolutely insane that a house full of dudes who are boning each other are drugging and sexually assaulting a girl that's already married to one of them, and that's why they killed her, you're absolutely right. That's fucking nuts. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm. I'm seriously. Consent is very important, but she literally was begging for one of them oh, to fuck her it, the whole it, time. It didn't happen. Yeah, the that's con- what I'm saying. The confession is false. Okay. Um, they didn't find any Saracel in her system. Okay. Um, and this is one of those things where it's coming to light now, and there's some great documentaries on Netflix and a couple other things where false confessions are much more common than people think. Yeah. For any number of reasons, but in this case allegedly allegedly and this is according to his lawyer and a couple other people who've mentioned it in the case and some of the reported news articles we looked at allegedly he came up with this confession in conjunction with some of the leaders of the international house of prayer during an exorcism what oh what yes so the leaders of the International House of Prayer and the university attached, which is where they were all kind of trying to go, after Bethany's death, came to Tyler's group. They found out about Tyler's group at that point, basically, and they said, you have two choices. You can either follow Tyler or you can stay a part of um, the International House of Prayer, but they're not one and the same, and Tyler's not a part of us. Listen, this isn't the first time the IHOP's been in a sticky situation, okay? <laughs> this, yeah. We know exactly what to do. So... 
allegedly that's where the confession came out. Now I'm the Pancake Pope, by the way. That's my name, Pancake Pope. <laughs> it's the maple syrup on all the tables. Of course. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I got a shift to work at Norm's. Now, Tyler didn't know about the confession, so when they brought him in to try and corroborate it, he was like, uh, that doesn't make sense. But he also didn't want to admit that he was gay. So, like, he's like, no, that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And they're like, well, do you think that he might have killed her to please you because you guys maybe were involved sexually? And he was like, no. But we did do, and we'll get to it in just a sec. So they also asked him if they considered himself a cult leader. And he was like, no. Um, He does say, yes, there was influence that was excessive in control. (laughs) Well, it didn't help that they went, do you consider yourself a cult leader? And his direct answer was, no. No. Uh, the image that the media makes of this, like, grossly sociopathic, narcissistic, control freak, cult leader personality is just, it's just, it's just, like, dumb. And it drives me crazy. It's like, can we talk about what actually happened? Yeah. Let's talk about it. So, he also says that there's some fundamentally controlling things at IHOP that were unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, like, the way that they cut you off after however many plates of pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But essentially, the more they looked into the confession, they realized that Micah was really intelligent, but he didn't seem to have the drive to take somebody's life. And he seemed to really like Bethany. So they started looking at Tyler, but there was no proof on Tyler. The more that they looked into Micah, the more it kind of started to fall apart, but they still went went to court with it. It wasn't until right before the trial that the actual truth came out about he says it's an exorcism ihop says it was prayer but reportedly it was intense shouting and emotional oh is prayer or is are exorcisms illegal no no, but you... Uh, they usually have to be voluntary, and there are yeah. some... Yeah. There, I don't know if this is the law, or if it's just the church's law, but there's certain rules about needing certain certification to perform most, one. Most denominations won't do them. Yeah. They're considered abnormal. In current, and, in current day. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and ill-advised, yeah. basically. Where if even one takes place, a lot of the time it's just people praying over somebody intensely, yeah. which can still be traumatic depending on what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. But most of, the time, most of the time they also require that you see a medical health professional first yeah. mm-hmm. and a mental health professional. I, I'll, I'll try and figure out what it was, but there was some report on exorcisms that I was listening to where they said that uh, most of the time, especially the more modern cases, just people who are mentally unwell. Oh, the last podcast on the left did. One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. They did a great episode on exorcisms recently-ish. Mm-hmm. Also, the back to the shouting thing, um, this is just something we've seen with cults a million times over. Yeah. It's just the, uh, I forget what the term for it is, but just like. Um, it's called uh conflict therapy conflict therapy yeah yeah well and this is one of the reasons why i think at some point we're gonna have to come back and look at ihop in their own episode yeah i'm not i'm not worried about having to come back to ihop again yeah (laughs) i I mean they're open 24 hours (laughs) (laughs) but uh the interesting thing is ihop released a statement 
regarding her death and their alleged involvement in Micah's confession Mm. and their alleged involvement with Tyler. Um, And they said... Rudy Tutti Fresh and Fruities are $7.99 all weekdays and half off on weekends. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, They basically, it's, it's, they're documents that you can read online on their website. I highly recommend that you do so. And it's basically paragraphs of, we knew nothing about it. We didn't know about their group, which allegedly is true. Allegedly, the group was operating outside of them and people didn't necessarily know about that. The one thing that they do mention is that they had stopped Tyler from participating in their small groups because they believed he was trying to recruit from their small groups. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had applied to get funding for their organization and been approved, but they hadn't dispensed any funds yet. Hmm. Yeah. So it was, they basically are like, we didn't do any of it. We don't know anything. We didn't talk to anybody. Um, Listen, I got to tell you, I'm the pancake pope, and I didn't hear about any of this shit. And here's the thing. Like... It makes sense to me why they would invest in trying to elicit a confession. And I'll get to my speculation zone on why in just a second. Uh, In order to basically prove that this was not a real confession, one of the things that Tyler admitted to um, and four other members came forward right after Bethany's death with accounts on how Tyler used his authority to initiate secret sexual relationships with the men and referred them to referred to those relationships as a religious experience. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so if you're referring to fucking as a religious experience, you better be laying down some good dick, sir. <laughs> yeah. You better be real. You better be making everyone come real. And, So in part of the interrogation and in some of these interviews, um, somebody asked Tyler, they were like, well, you manipulated several men into having sex with you. Is that right? And he was like, he laughed and said, no, that's that's not correct. (laughs) What? Yeah, exactly. And they were like, well, correct me. And he's like, I've never had sex with anybody. And they said, "Okay, let me just be clear. You did not manipulate men into having sex with you. And he was like, no, no. Like, there was never sexual intercourse. There was laughing. I don't know what we're allowed to say on television. There were hands in places, and there was being, well, there was being horizontal, so like being on a bed at the same time. And there was oral sex happened twice. Twice. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. That's sex, though. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, oral sex is sex. It's a form of sex. Penetrative sex is not the only kind of sex. It's you had sex with people. Um, I didn't have sex with that man. I made love to him. <laughs> the um, thing is, if your girlfriend would consider it cheating, it's probably sex. Yeah. Well, here's so here's the thing. So now they have a confession that's like all these men were drugging and raping this girl, and that's why they killed her. But then they also have the leader being like, nuh-uh, we were, like, having sex with each other. And a bunch of them being like, we're having sex with each other. They don't mix. They wouldn't be having sex with each other, but then also raping a girl. Why would they? Yeah. Makes no sense. Uh, I mean, I they mean, could. Yeah, but, but I, it seems unlikely in this instance. I see what you're saying. Though. Right. I mean, it don't. it is possible. Yeah. To me, it seems highly unlikely. Yeah. Um, so... The only reason I say that is because uh, with the Chicago Rippers, they love oh, that to happens. fucking uh, rape women. And then have sex with each other? Yup. Yup. Wow. Super gay. Super 
homosexual. Anyway, Ooh. sorry, go ahead. Um, blood tests showed no Seroquel in Bethany's system. Um, so they basically, I mean, they don't have a lot of evidence backing up the rest of the confession, or at least the mens rea, the motive behind it. Um, there was nothing really in the vehicle. And so they had to examine the possibility that it was not a homicide, but they still are left with some of the questions as to like the bag, the Tylenol PM, the notes. Yeah, there's all of that something stuff. fishy happening, but it's yes. unclear what the motive is or what 100%. she knew that they needed to silence her about. Let me yes. let me know if you need me to shut up because you're gonna get into this. But my idea is that as somebody that has I mean, I, I've known people who've committed suicide, and uh, I've also known people who've been affected by people that committed suicide, and also, uh, I've just, I know people whose heroes have committed suicide, and the thing is, is we always want to believe that there's something more, because we're just trying to, f- like... We don't like to believe that someone was that yeah. unhappy. You don't want yeah. to, and like, yeah, yeah, she had unfinished cards. Maybe the thought of seeing, maybe seeing them all maybe. the time just drove her fucking to d- the the worst, deepest, darkest part of depression. So, I mean, a, yeah, especially yeah. if you're writing thank you cards for a wedding that you've never consummated, mm-hmm. where you don't feel loved and you don't feel cared for. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe the fact that it looks like there was a struggle was the human will to survive that kicks in anytime mm-hmm. anyone starts suffocating at all. Yes. Now... There are two pieces of evidence that I did not tell you about. <gasps> and they are two pieces that helped basically derail the trial. So the two pieces, do they come in bacon or sausage? Um, it could be bacon <laughs> or sausage, but then you can also choose which kind of potatoes you want. Hash browns or home fries. Fuck, I love my hop. Uh, <laughs> so... They did not move forward with the trial. No one has now officially been charged with her death. Micah was exonerated. Okay. Part of the reason why is because remember when I told you that IHOP has a prayer room that's open 24 hours a day? Word. And it's broadcast onto the internet? Was yeah. he in the prayer room Micah during her murder? Room oh, her murder. shit. He was in the prayer room up to 12 different times that day for a period of almost 12 hours. So he was clearly very upset. But... They think it's very unlikely that he killed her because he was seen other places. It would have been pretty tough timeline wise to get back and kill her. Yeah. Interesting. But that doesn't mean that someone else didn't murder her and he didn't know about it. That's true. But it is a little tough to explain why earlier the day before she was seen on camera purchasing Tylenol PM. Oh. Now, she may have just purchased it to sleep. That's what yeah, it's yeah. made for. Suffocated. Maybe it was still in her purse or whatever, you know, in the car. Who knows? Um, that's why her, her case is considered unsolved. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer for you as to whether or not she killed herself or was murdered. Either way, it's extremely tragic. Yeah. Um, no one has been charged. Tyler has moved around a lot since. Um, occasionally working as a teacher, a couple other things, but he keeps getting fired because people keep Googling him. Yeah, that sucks yeah. for you. Oops. Uh, Oops, I, I did it again. again. Uh, Force men into sex. Yeah, pretty much. Even though it's a sin. <laughs> okay, I'll Might have killed my wife. Here's my 
theory. Now, and this is the speculation zone. Again, we, like, I cannot say with any certainty. We're not cops. We're not cops. What? I can't say with any certainty IHOP's involvement with this, although I am suspicious of their kid's menu. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the IHOP, the church, has denied any involvement. They deny the exorcism. Who knows? Here's my theory. I think they did perform the exorcism and they did plant that confession because they wanted people to look at Tyler. They wanted to implicate not just Micah, but also Tyler because they wanted Tyler out. I think that they wanted to get rid of them because Tyler made them look bad. And that's Mm. why they came up with the story. But they didn't know that Micah and Tyler were lovers and that's why they came up with the story they did. There's like, you know, it's kind of this, like, what's the worst thing that could have driven somebody to suicide or somebody to murder her? It's this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So either they came up with it or they pushed Micah to the brink of him, be- like, getting so emotionally upset that he came up with it. Either way, and again, completely speculation zone alleged. This is only my own opinion. Yeah, of course. It's not, you know, it's not true. Don't go, like, emailing them and being like, they said, like, this is just my, what I've been ruminating in my brain grapes for a couple days. <laughs> um, I think that's what happened. Those so grapes I, would make a terrible topping. It would. I, I think it's very possible that she took her own life, as sad as that is. Yeah. I think that's incredibly sad. Um, But I do think it's possible that she took her own life and that in doing so exposed the group and that IHOP was reacting to the exposure of the group in connection with them, even though they didn't necessarily have anything to do with them beforehand. You know, they're not, it's not really accurate to call this group an IHOP group. They're just a group that happened to be in and around IHOP. True. True. So what you're saying is As are most groups after midnight when everything else is closed. Hey. There you go. I was gonna say, so hey. you couldn't call you couldn't call them a franchise, could you? Right. I could not. Yeah. Um and I think maybe some of their involvement towards the end was a way of of clearing their name. Yeah. From something that didn't really it wasn't them, but now their name is named in conjunction with it. I would say that this group connected with IHOP they didn't like it because they were, they were, th- their actions were way outside the norms. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> Loving that filet mignon hey. and clam chowder, hey. baby. Oh, Hell God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hell God. Yeah. I forgot clam about that. Clam chowder and filet mignon all day. Oh, Jesus. I'm so hungry. In, from Azusa. <laughs> Oh, we should go to Norm's, maybe. I kind of want to. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Go to Norm's. It'll be fun. Uh, just don't go to IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's where it stands. It's unsolved. Uh, everyone is free. The group doesn't really exist anymore, um, in part because I think everyone, like, as soon as she was dead and the police were, like, asking questions, everyone was like, I fucked Tyler. No, I did. No, <laughs> I did. And it kind of, it was hard to still be a group after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that if he would have just like accepted himself, then all that would have happened was a bu- people would have just known how much he was fucking. And then people would have been like, "Wow, dude, congrats!" But <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I don't know that there would have been a group it. if he had come out. Uh, that's yeah, because they fair. wouldn't 
stay in his religion. He would have yeah, left. Yeah, I mean, religion. a lot of the a lot of these people that we're looking at here are potentially closeted. Some of the guys may not even be gay. Who knows? That's fair. Some of them may have been coerced. Yeah, but there were no charges filed. Well, that's the thing is like if you, I think that we. We treat sexual assault against men really differently, yeah. and there aren't like people are less willing to talk about it. But if you believe someone is a prophet and he's godly, and he's like saying like, "No, this is like us knowing each other for the Lord" or something, it's very common in cults. Well, he's yeah. calling Super it common. he's calling it a religious experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you guys remember, like way way back, it's like episode seventeen or something. But Buddhafield. Very oh, yeah. similar, except yeah. that guy had him making salads, and IHOP, by comparison, doesn't have that many salads. No, no, not at all. They're trying Apparently, to push more burgers. It's mostly though. pancakes. Trying to yeah. push a lot of salad tossing, but hey, oh, hey. yeah. Ah, uh, oh, fuck! I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I can't remember. Sexual assault okay. against men. Sexual assault against religious men. experience. Oh yes. Uh, yes, there we go. Because the thing is, is, when you're calling it a religious experience, religious experiences in... I'm not... I'm I'm also... I need you to be aware I'm not setting up a joke here. Yeah. But religious experiences are not always enjoyable. Like, yeah. exorcisms. Extremely not enjoyable. Stuff like... Even, even like some mundane shit is not necessarily enjoyable, but it's something you do to become closer to the Lord... And if you believe this guy's a prophet and he's calling a religious experience, you might forego it a little bit to become closer with the Lord. That's, you know what I mean? So they're, even if they're not uh, gay, they might willingly participate in it because of the way he's pitching it, which right. is still coercion. 100%. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I, that's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I mean, not cool. I mean, I don't even know anymore. This has been the world. This has been the world's weirdest soap opera slash IHOP commercial. Yeah, it's it's been real crazy. Yeah, welcome to the daytime television edition. Yes, (laughs) I can't. I'm sorry, this episode's kind of a downer. Yeah, yeah. They usually are, if we're being honest. Honestly, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. You know what cheers me up though. A happy face pancake. Right? Ah, <laughs> I always, you know, I never got one growing up. I always wanted one, Me and my, my my parents never. Uh, we now, Andre and I now will splurge and buy Lucky Charms, uh-huh. and then just eat them all. Well, one of us will eat them all. One of us will eat an entire box in a day and share nothing. Yeah, well, the girlfriend is at work, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say who. But anyway, I've only seen one ordered ever. And it was, so I was at the sorority house one night with my friend. We were just kind of chilling and watching TV. And some of our friends who had gone to a party, like, burst into the house. And they were like, hey, you got to help us. We got to go get our friend who's still stuck at this party. We had a sorority sister who was a violent drunk. Oh, no. And was also, like, 5'11". With, like, legs to her neck. Like, she was gorgeous, but she was, like... Is she just a boxer? What is I mean, this? she was, like, a kickboxer. She, she was, Marie. No. <laughs> it was not, no, Marie can handle her shit. Um, but this girl, at one point, one time, had gotten drunk before a dance and then would just run away from people. She was a runner Great. drunk. Great. And as people tried to catch her, she turned and punched somebody in the face. Whoa. So this is what we knew we were dealing with, and they were like, oh, God, fuck, great. We got to go 
grab her. No worries. Hatchet tits is on the case. Hurrah. <laughs> I was too small. They were like, she's not. You're just going to get hit. Don't worry about yeah, it. So I'm some sorry. of my some of my taller sisters and a group of Sigma News went to go get her from this party and make sure that they didn't leave her behind in a situation where she might be vulnerable, even though she was going to karate kick somebody to the face. <laughs> They tried to touch her Uh, and they found her in like somebody else's apartment, not one of the apartments having the party. She had just like walked into somebody else's apartment and was refusing to leave and kept texting people to let her be. Anyway, so they rescued her, brought her back to the house, and you know that they rescued like, her. Yeah, they that's also what, rescued the people, the people whose home in she house. was in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they rescued everyone and brought them back to the house. And he, I know there's this feeling of when you're drunk, but you have to do something to save somebody. Mm, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. have like that momentary sobriety of just like, shut up, we got to get shit done, and just like it, for a second, it's like you're not drunk. But your drunk brain motivation is still operating on drunk brain of like, yeah. we for, can do this. I'm invincible. Sure. So all, right, everybody shut up. We got to solve the situation. Up. What we're going to yeah. do first is we're going to go get the helicopter. Well, and, and it was one of those where they like stumbled in drunk. They're like, we got to go get Christy. And so then <laughs> the Sigma News were with them and they were like, we'll help you out. So they go get Christy. They bring her back. Tuck her into bed with somebody to watch her just in case she throws up or whatever. Here's her teddy bear. She doesn't have a teddy bear. I think I stole this teddy bear. <laughs> so then they all come back downstairs and they're all just like, oh my god, I have. It's like they're instantly back to just being regular drunk where it's like the drunk adrenaline has worn off. And they're like, can you drive us to IHOP? And me and my friend were the only sober people at the time. So we're like, uh, and they're like, we'll buy your IHOP. And you're like, okay, fuck yeah, let's go, let's go. So we drive into IHOP and they have a freshman with them. So it's like me and my friend who are like a sophomore and a junior, the Sigma News were like seniors and this freshman who's sitting at the table and the waitress comes by and she's like, what can I get for you? And he's like, oh, smiley face pancake. And she's like, it's it's for kids. And he's like, I want it. And she was like, how about I bring you pancakes and you could decorate it yourself? And he was like, yes. So she did. And then he gave it a Gogurt unibrow and then got too drunk to eat it and passed out on the table. Jesus But that's Christ. the only Classic. time I've ever seen a smiley face Classic. pancake ordered at IHOP. That's fair. Yeah. I yeah. wanted one a lot. I uh, I hate being big because I'm always that guy. Like when I would go to parties at high school. One of, one of these things I remember very, uh, very vividly is I went to a high school party and uh, it was a bitch to get into so what happened is we showed up and they tried to charge us money to get into a high school party to pay for a cup no to get in they were like it's free for girls and then you have to pay and the thing is is that it was at my friend's house and it was some other dude running the door so i was like what the i'm not gonna pay you to get into the house and he goes you gotta pay us it's on the flyer and so oh it's on the flyer you made a flyer you hired a graphic design. Was there a banner on it? Did you put stars on this flat? I'm just like giving this kid yeah, shit. Yeah. And I'm also huge. Yeah. So I'm kind of a bully. And I'm I'm being mean to this kid. And I'm already upset. And my friends are in there. They're yeah. they're they're gone. And eventually I like it takes me calling my friend. Like I basically pull like the I know the manager move right. at a party. I get inside. My friends have been in there for 20 minutes. Uh, I finally get one drink in my hand, and as soon as I do, I turn around and I see this girl that I went to high school with. Uh, 
she, we, I was still in high school. We're just going to call her Kay. And Kay stumbles out of the house and projectile vomits oh. into the yard and then just falls down and is like, I thought she was dead. Oh, my God. And two of her friends came to try and, like, pick her up and they couldn't. And so I was like, oh, my God. Okay, and then I just put it. I just put the drink down and had to carry her to the bathroom and like set her up. Yeah, and then they were like, "We're calling her parents," and so then uh, her parents came and I had to carry her out and put her in. And they said, "I thought you said she got sick." And her friends were like, "She is sick," and they're like, "She's drunk." We're calling the cops, <laughs> and so they called the cops, and the party got fucking shut down. Oh, fuck. So I didn't get to drink a single drink. <laughs> Just because of how big I was. Because they let my friends in because they were like, you're not in high school. And I was like, I'm a fucking sophomore. Come on. And then it was just, it was just bullshit. It was just a whole party ruined because I was big. So a party was ruined by you doing the right thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was ruined. But also I would directly say the party was ruined by them calling the, calling the mom. But it's better than the alternative. I'm glad they didn't just leave her in a bathroom somewhere. Right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, after that, this girl who I still had to go to high school with told everyone how I saved her life. And I was like, you would have been fine. Stop being an idiot. All right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, she fucking ruined that lawn. And you know what else is ruined? <laughs> Our national park. <laughs> new thing I'm tourist gonna... projectile vomiting all oh over it of course and right now our government is shut the fuck down Boom. and so uh, 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 people who work for the national forest are not able to work and preserve our forest but people are still going to them obviously and I don't know if you guys have ever been to a national park people don't necessarily take care of them very well uh, so what you should do to help out our friends at the national parks f- services is you should buy stuff from Open Skies Trading Company. Open Skies Trading Company is a great clothing company that makes clothing, gear, and posters that you can buy that have great Americana designs inspired by uh, travel posters and um, just the national parks in general. And every purchase that you make, they donate $1 to the National Parks Foundation to help out our parks. You can see their stuff online at openskiestrading.com. Or on Facebook and Instagram at Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading Co. And if you want to call me a hero, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> but if, you, if you want to, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff. M A N D O Does Stuff. And if you want to send me your college party stories that got out of hand, please do. You can send them on Twitter at Paige Wesley or on Instagram at Rampage Wesley. If you want to send me your drunk girls, uh, go ahead. And <laughs> what? And, I don't know. Put them in a box. They'll sleep it off. Yeah. Have a great time. Uh, or, you know, just fun stories of shenanigans. Send them on over to Sundress Comic on all the things. Yeah. And if you want to uh, follow us, the show, see the stuff we're doing. Um, if you want to, if you can't make it out to Kansas City, where, by the way, this cult took place. If you can't make it out to Kansas City this week to see us at uh, Panic Film Festival, then you should definitely follow us on uh, social media as we build, We will be posting stuff about the festival all weekend, uh, and you can find us inst- on you can find us on Instagram at Cult Podcast. 
That's it. I don't know why I said it. It was like more. We're on Instagram. <laughs> it's at Cold Podcast. Or on Twitter at Cold Podcast Show. You can also send us an email at coldpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our website at coldpodcastshow.com. Or if you want to send us something in person like... Um, IHOP gift cards. IHOP gift cards. Oh my God, please send us IHOP gift cards. Uh, if you want to send us IHOP gift cards or Polaroids of yourselves eating smiley face pancakes. Or pancakes. Send them. Put them in the mail. Send pancakes. Now, what could go wrong? Send them express. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you could send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. shining. Please only send real sy- syrup. Sorry. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. yeah. Real syrup or bust. <laughs> and real whipped cream. Yes. Yes, I will be very upset. Los Angeles, California, 90065. And our email and address are both on our website, which again is coltpodcastshow.com. You know what? I think maybe he was involved with IHOP because he was only into boysenberry. Oh, <laughs> hey! shit. Oh, shit, Paige. I thought the jokes were done. <laughs> Oh, I've been trying to work boysenberry in for half an hour. <laughs> so was he. <laughs> oh man. Um, in this case, I'm gonna say don't don't drink the boysenberry, Ugh. but definitely don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.